Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. They Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery, and with me this week are my good <coughs> friends, Mr. Sexy Punta Cana, then now forever, All Systems Joe, C. Kane Joe Rodermel. Kicking it hard is on the ones and twos. <laughs> and, <Chicka chicka. laughs> and Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo. Yeah, I don't mean to interject, but I don't uh-huh. know who Ron, I don't know who Ron Pashery is. <laughs> You're right. I forget this every week at the beginning. <laughs> I'm your host, Ron Pashery Jr. Thank you. And I'll finish your introduction. We call him A Lo. The ladies call him Baylo. Aaron Lloyd. I call him Triple B. You do. Or at least you did about ten minutes ago <laughs> when we jumped on this. I don't think I had ever heard it before. What does Triple B stand for? Big, black, and beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is something you've been like, you maybe thought of like, after we got done recording last week and you've been waiting all week to break it out. <laughs> it just feels like that to me. Like you've been holding on to it until we jump back on. Thank you for that. <laughs> no problem. You are all three things. Yes. <laughs> Unapologetically, all three of those of those Bs. Yes. The three Bs. Yes. <laughs> Kurt Angle had the three I's. We have the three Bs. <laughs> yes. Um, so, I don't think there's a ton to talk about this week. I will remind everybody, subscribe on iTunes. Please leave a five-star rating and review. Uh, I don't know why I thought of this, but for some reason this morning, I just was thinking, you know what? I wish I had heard something about Roman Reigns. Like, how's he doing? We've gotten no updates. So, I Googled Roman Reigns and saw that 18 hours prior, some fan got a picture taken with him at a gym in Hawaii. And uh, he looked good. You know, you could see his, uh, he was wearing kind of like a, almost like an Under Armour type shirt. You could see his arms were pretty jacked. Face looked the way you'd expect it to. Seemed in good spirits. So I don't know how much the picture really says, but happy to see that he's out there. He's in the gym. He's working out. He's obviously not doing badly, which I'm happy to see. I, say, I would pic- like Picture's to, worth a thousand words. So. It is. And I could go on for a thousand words, but I don't think anyone wants to hear me do that. Other than to say that it seems like Roman Reigns is doing at least relatively well. Which is good news. Yeah, it does not look sick to me, which, which is a positive. Um, and before we get into WWE stuff, uh, I did listen to the Talk is Jericho podcast a couple hours ago. He did his first ever solo podcast in 525 episodes. Uh, he talked exclusively about his journey to All Elite Wrestling. And one of the things that stood out most to me, Halo, did you listen to it or no? No, I didn't. So one of the things that stood out most to me is he talked about the past year, like the, the possibility of him going back and doing an appearance in WWE. Like if you remember, he was supposed to do that casket match with The Undertaker back in what, like, I don't even remember April. when that was. April, okay. And it got changed to Rusev. And there were talks of him possibly doing, like, an IC champion versus IC champion match against Seth Rollins. Obviously, neither of those things happened. Jericho even said there was a possibility that if 
Daniel Bryan could not wrestle at WrestleMania, he was going to end up being Shane's partner at WrestleMania. Obviously, none of those things no, happened. Never played out that way. And Jericho said, like, what would happen is Vince would call him, say, I need you for this. And he would say, okay, well, I have something booked. The only way I would be able to do it is I, I would need, like, a private plane, like, to get me. Uh, like, I'm willing to do it. And then, like, Vince never called him back. And he said he started to get the impression of, like, well, if he's not calling me back, it can't be that important. And... It's amazing to me the idea that a guy like Chris Jericho would get, like, blown off, (laughs) especially after the two years he had had prior. Um, And then one of the things Jericho said was when they wanted him to do All In, he said he wouldn't be able to do it because he had a Fozzie show. And Tony Khan ended up providing him a private plane to get to where he needed to go. Whereas Vince was unwilling to do that. And Vince has the pocket change. I mean, he's mm-hmm. very capable of doing it. That's just more Vince being spiteful. Yeah. It sounds like. Yeah, and Jericho is very adamant. Like, I told Vince before I told anyone else. Like, I discussed this with him. He wasn't blindsided. Everything was done respectfully. There's no hard feelings. But it sounds a little bit to me like Jericho felt like I'm probably not being treated as great as I should be. And another thing that stood out to me was he made a comment that AEW, like, needs him to be great. And, like, his run in New Japan, they needed him to be great. Like, there was a challenge for him to be great because they needed it. Whereas in WWE, he said, like, it really doesn't even matter what I do. Like, WWE is still WWE no matter what. WWE is a monster, and Jericho's just cogging the wheel. Oh, yeah. And, like, he actually sounded really... Yeah. And he was for two years, but he's like, basically he said, if I wasn't good, or if what I did wasn't that great, it wouldn't really matter. But when these promotions bring me in, like, they need something for me. He likes that challenge, and he likes that ability to be more creative. Um, But I thought he sounded, like, really excited about it, which, for a guy to be in the industry for 30 years and sound like he just found this new cool thing to do, I think is really important. Um... I also think that it was interesting that he said, had he not gone to... Like, he said a lot of people are saying, you sold out. And he's like, I absolutely didn't sell out. He said... Sold down. Yeah, he's like, if I didn't go to New... He said, I went to New Japan to tap into, like, my own creativity, my own passion for the business. And he said, if I didn't go to New Japan, I might not even still be wrestling right now. And he said, like, this is basically... It's extending his career. Um... So I think, one, it makes me really happy to hear how excited he is to do this. Um, Because if he's this excited, imagine how much more excited everyone else is who has not achieved the heights that Chris Jericho has. Um, I think in Jericho, as he said, this is not for the money for him. I think that's another thing. Like He's not selling it as a salesman because he's like, I need to make money. He signed for three years, and he believes in this and wants to see it be really good. And he talked a lot about they wouldn't be moving forward the way they are if they did not have, like, for sure, avenues to a legitimate TV deal. He said, don't be surprised to hear it soon. I would love for it to be Turner. I don't know if I said this on the show last week. No, we talked just, about No, we talked about it. The rumor was it's going to be one of the Turner stations. But I don't know if I said how much I'd love it to be Turner, like, coming full circle. Whereas, <laughs> yeah. like... 
Ted Turner was my enemy for how many years when he was at WCW. Could rekindle that relationship. And yes, and I hated WCW and how fun would it be to now, 20 years later, be cheering on the Ted Turner product against WWE. It would be very (laughs) much like the way like a lot of like racist people will talk about like, oh, well, Republicans freed the slaves. And it's like, well, yeah, the Republican Party is not that party anymore. And I, I feel like I would be on that side of like I'm on the flip supporting the flip side of who I used to. The people in the South used to vote for Democrats and now vote for Republicans. I would be the pro WWF guy back in the day and now be the pro AEW pro Ted Turner guy <laughs> down the line. Uh, and, uh, I think it would be interesting. Yeah, I also forgot one. I didn't know this until um, maybe a couple days ago that uh, the CW is actually a Turner station too. Oh, is it okay? I didn't know that. Yeah. So it could be the CW then, which is another broadcast. That would be huge if they, not that the CW is like as significant as Fox. Well, CW well, does well, put on some good programming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, that's another story for another day. I, I don't need it because all those people they look like models. And <laughs> that's another story for another day. I just finished watching Riverdale. How was it? Uh, the first season was good because only thirteen episodes. So it was pretty fast paced. Second season was 22 episodes, so it was long-winded. So you were kind of ready for it to get to the point. A lot of filler. But those kids in that show are no... Uh, uh. <laughs> Gorgeous? Yes. I'm like, where do you find these people? <laughs> They're created in a lab. <laughs> it, 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 it's like, if you watch Arrow and Flash, it's like, God, these are some beautiful people. But then you watch Riverdale, you're like, damn, where the hell do you get these people? Uh, Iris West is still my favorite. Yes. <laughs> Iris West is <laughs> Yeah, I, I love uh, Iris West. Yes, Candace Patton. No more. Yeah, um, yeah I, I'm really excited for, for this venture to begin. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be very interesting to watch it develop. I assume there will be a lot more developments in the coming weeks and months that we could be excited about. You'll see some things play out. Yeah. Uh, but to, to move on from that, because we, we were a very heavy AEW program last week. <laughs> well, we're getting ready to take to, to be the official podcast that, of AEW. That is true. I definitely put bids in to be the official <laughs> podcast of AEW. Um, did either of you see the R-Truth Carmella No, I forgot. to Stanford, Connecticut? Stanford? I forgot. Oh, my God. It was five minutes and 25 seconds of pure gold. <laughs> it was amazing. First of all, the the thing opens with them standing outside. They're, yeah. they're just outside in the cold and like our truth even makes mention of some like beer store across the street like they were going to have to go check that out or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> they buzz in and mind you, they work here. Like they work <laughs> for this company. <laughs> They buzz in, and the woman is like, oh, I'm sorry, we don't have you on the list. (laughs) (laughs) We don't have you on the list. It's like they're employees of the company. (laughs) And the thing I thought was really cool about it, I assume that they filmed most of it on the floor where, like, the production is. So, like, Ryan Ravel, who's been on the show before, like, I'm pretty sure they filmed that, like, where his desk would be. Um, They did a dance break. In, in the I office. I saw that. Uh, Carmela answered a phone call in the office, which I thought was funny. Um, since you guys haven't seen it, I'm not going to spoil anything else, but I will just say 
that had to be far and away the most entertaining thing on WWE programming this week. And <laughs> what, better than better than the attitude ever coming back. Better than that, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and another funny thing, I did see Ryan Ravel tweeted something uh, earlier today saying how he's never laughed harder in his life than in the time they were filming that, which I think is great, that it was legitimately a fun a fun project to do. You know, like just, just the part of you're not on the list just right. kills me. <laughs> and like Truth pushes the buzzer. He says, yeah, you have R-Truth and Carmella here. Uh, should be on the list. It, it should say next to it, vacation or something like that. <laughs> And she's like, yeah, I'm sorry, we don't have you on the list. <laughs> it took them a minute to get in. Saw some clips, uh, him in the office with Triple H and Vin- Vinnie Mac. Yeah, uh, Road Dog, Brian Gerard James. Obviously, he knew we'd have our eyes on this, so he made sure to weasel his way into a shot. <laughs> he wanted to get in there. He did. He, he was hoping we'd he talk about him. I called shot. him out last week, and he was hoping to get on my good graces this week. Brian, you get a free pass for this week. Um, so once again, I did not watch anything but some YouTube highlights. So really? yeah, so we'll go we'll go through some of the stuff I have in my notes and as always you guys can add stuff in that you feel warrants being talked about. Top of my notes is the segment with Sasha Banks and Ronda Rousey. So two things, I obviously didn't see the whole match. Is it true that Sasha was in the ring the whole time and Ronda never got in? Pretty much. Yes. Ronda never fought. Or they they never got a hot tag anyway to Ronda. No, no, yeah. Ronda never really fought. Okay, so, like, that's good that Sasha could do that and get the win. I think good to see some edge from Sasha again, which we have not really seen. Do either of you feel like it almost seemed like she was a little bit out of practice? A little bit. Like, the segment felt awkward. And I think a lot of that is because the way you're trying to portray Ronda as the face and Sasha with a little bit of edge just came off, like, apologetic. Why is she apologizing? She's fighting this opponent in a match. Of course she's going to say she's tap, she'll tap her out. So that was my thing. Was was Sasha, like, a little bit rusty? Or did it just feel uncomfortable? Because why the hell is Ronda so desperate for Sasha to like her and approve of her? More than being. No, but see, this this is the thing, and I'm and I'm, I'm completely agree with Joey here. Like, for some for some reason, Ron is trying to be like everybody's friend, and like when Sasha rebuttaled to her, the thing Sasha was saying, Ronda didn't say it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just like this paranoid reaction because Sasha said she called me a loser. Ronda, Ronda never called you a loser. No, that's not what I, that's not what I mean. You misunderstood me. Yeah, and Ronda's acting. Oh, we're going to wash that away. Hey, turtle. turtle. <laughs> <laughs> that always comes full circle. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I love that you guys did that together. But uh, <laughs> it, it just, like, granted, like, I, I can see a point where Sasha be rusty because she hasn't done this in so long. But, like, when, when I got the text from Eric and Prep about this, I was, like, thinking of something better, you know, because it was, like, shot boss back and stuff like that. But, it, it was fine. It was it was the Sasha Banks we know, but it was like nothing too too much to go home about. And also, like you're you're gonna maybe get another little like little snippet of it next Monday, and then they're gonna have their match at the Rumble, and then it'll probably be right back to her and Bailey. Yeah, because because uh, the announcement of the tag. Yeah, yeah. Alexa Bliss and her uh, four point two million views on YouTube announced the. Uh, the women's tag titles in in uh, the elimination chamber at the 
Chamber pay-per-view. Now, what got 4.2 million views? The segment of her introducing the belts or the segment of her backstage? Backstage. Almost getting walked in on topless. Back, backstage. So we had that happen with Alexa Bliss. And on SmackDown, we had the Mandy Rose, uh, Naomi, and is it Jimmy or Jay? I still don't Jimmy. know. Jimmy. I can never keep it straight. Jimmy. Jimmy. Um, Jimmy. Basically almost a callback to Enzo and Lana with Rusev. Um, is is this first of all Mandy Rose is a horrible actor too yeah oh she, she's terrible god I mean, awful she's, she's terrible. just easy on the eyes she's yeah. not really uh... yeah, yeah 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 like 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 this how, how you could tell how terrible uh, acting she is that's a scene where you should feel like I'm not sure if her and Naomi are like friends or anything like that but like that's a scene where like I think everybody can kind of relate to and and you shouldn't have to like. Yeah, I always have had naked women in hotels. <laughs> exactly. It's just a, it's a Saturday thing. <laughs> like, 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 come on, Mandy. I'm sure you've done this before. <laughs> it's not your first rodeo. Mandy. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's like, it's like this is this is not good. Well, I have two questions. One, do they know that we know that this is on TV? Because. <laughs> She has a photographer in there to snap these pictures as if nobody else is going to see it. <laughs> uh, I, I know, Ron, the logic. I like, know. Come on. And the way he, he snaps these pictures and then runs out, like, got to go hurry up and develop these as if, you know, 1.8 million people didn't see it as yeah. it happened. Yeah. And then more, more logic. Why didn't Naomi try to knock out the photographer? Right. Yeah. It, stupid. Um, yeah. I, I give them credit for like actually trying to do a story, which they don't do enough. But like a combination of like bad acting and then like stupidity kind of keeps it from being as entertaining as this kind of stuff can be. And like, what did Jimmy? What he said? I don't know what to do. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, after a while, <laughs> well, after a while, well, Ron, like a lot of times you kind of got to like turn your smartness off and just and just watch it because you because you know there, there's loopholes to it, but you just kind of just gotta. Watch it and enjoy it, but Take yeah, like this, this feels like sec- Vince McMahon all over. This is like him. This is what worked for me. Let's let's yeah. get the ratings up. <laughs> yeah, and like granted, granted, like I saw a lot of people complaining about on Twitter and stuff saying, "Oh, this is sending the Ruben's Revolution back." I'm like, God, God, damn, it's a show. Relax. Yeah, I mean, you got to take it for what's worth. It's not sending the. Revolution. It's not like they did a Braun panties match. Yeah. Like, if, if they were taking away their time in the ring or altering the style they're allowed to use in the ring, that's one thing. But to just add story elements is not bad. But that was my other question is, do you think this is, like, intentional? Like, Vince is desperate. So he's like, all right, we're going we're gonna to start selling sex again. Like, well, is, I saw, is this I saw desperation sh- on their part? Well, I saw a sheet that said they kind of wanted to test it out. To see it, to see how it goes over, like of course it went, of course it quote unquote went over well mm-hmm. with, <laughs> with 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 the male audience. But then you, of course you want to have people that complain and stuff. But it was it was two small segments, and they're getting the reaction they kind of want out of it. Like I said, Alexa Bliss has the highest YouTube, um, the highest viewed on their YouTube channel this week, and it's not even close. Like mm-hmm. I just checked, uh, Alexa was at four point two million, Manny's at one point five. I mean, was it well executed? No. I mean, it wasn't greatly executed. It kind of feels old. Does it set the back? No. It's kind of what we were talking about before. You want to see secondary storylines with the women's division. This is a secondary storyline. It's uh, Mandy and Naomi. 
they've yeah. like legitimately built a story of hatred between two people. Which yeah. does not happen often. Like yeah. we've had on Raw not too long ago, Kurt Angle sending two competitors to therapy because they had to get along. <laughs> so it's well, good to see them actually build a feud where two characters hate each other. Well, th- this is Brian Gerard, and I hope he's listening because he's in charge of SmackDown. He was because he knew we'd get a shout out. I, I think he booked Naomi terribly because in real life, the sister would never let Mandy Rose get away. So mm-hmm. they, they, they didn't let. Naomi rep the sisters very well at all. Can I say though? Because if she had, if she had taken Mandy out, it would not have led to my favorite single moment of the whole thing, which was Jimmy asking her if she was okay. She said, "I didn't get her the way I wanted to." <laughs> <laughs> I died at that, and I was because that's how I felt. Like oh, I feel like Naomi should have been on the winning end of that, but yeah, that was even better. The fact that she said, oh, "I didn't get her the way I wanted," it's probably to. the big payoff. Because yeah, I could yeah. definitely see a like women that I know having that exact reaction <laughs> to that situation. <laughs> yeah, because my cause my thing was I'm like oh my god, is Mandy should be getting killed here, but she's in here like legit being Naomi. I'm like, what the hell? Who booked this? Right. No, I, I agree. It, w- it was not the uh, the right tact to go with, but I just thought that line was that line <laughs> redeemed the whole thing to me. I didn't get her the way I wanted to. Um, so you think they are now testing this out to see how it goes, and you think we may be seeing more of it in the future based on the success that it's had so far? Um, yeah, I guess. Like, it, 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 I don't think it'll be like an every week thing. At the same at the same time, they're not like putting the the workers involved in this, like the Sashas, the the Charlottes, the Beckys, the, the Baileys. They're not putting them in that situation. They're putting like their quote-unquote model types in the situation. So I don't have a problem with it at all. Even if they did put the other women involved in it, I really wouldn't care because it's not that big of a deal. It's How a TV long before show. Byron Saxton says puppies? I'll pop for that. So would I. That would be, he's the perfect person to say it. You know what? I am going to spoil something else from the R-Truth Carmella segment because it's too much fun for me not to bring it up. There's a point like midway through where R-Truth starts talking about like I think like other cities they could have gone and he says that he, he talked to a friend and got some accommodations. And they're about to go into this like little room and Truth opens the door and you see a bed in there and all of a sudden you hear, what are you guys doing? And it's Corey Graves sleeping in the bed. <laughs> and they're like, Graves, what are you doing in there? He's like, I live here. He's like, I'm on like every show, guys. This is where I live. <laughs> and I thought that was very funny. The court, the idea that Corey Graves lives at WWE, uh, the WWE <laughs> headquarters, room somewhere in there. a tiny room in a tiny bed because he's just on every show that they produce. Um, last thing, I guess, on the women. Um, well, not the last thing. This will be the second to last thing. Uh, Becky Lynch. This is another one of the high things on my list of the few things I saw. Her swagger through backstage and then drinking the protein shake <laughs> and saying it's, uh, it seems a little weak or whatever, whatever it was she said. I thought it was great that, that they had her do that. And then obviously her interactions with Asuka and the Iconics. Becky Lynch mentioned in her, in her promo with Asuka, like, there, there's a reason why I'm like the talk of the industry. Do you two believe that she still is the talk of the industry, or do you think it has kind of gone by a little bit? I'm glad you brought that up because um, you, you talked about Jericho earlier, and I'm paraphrasing a bit, but Jericho said that she's like – I believe he said he's like the biggest star. She's the biggest star that WWE cre- – they didn't create her, but I think she's made the most impact 
I think that was what his quote was. It was something along those lines. And I agree because one thing about Becky was because a lot of times we forget that the show's written. And sometimes we just think that they go out there and do whatever the hell they want. But Becky has been the first person that has actually gone out there and actually gotten attention from what she's done. It's not WWE putting her on television shows. It's not saying, hey, you're sh- hey, you're, um, so-and-so's daughter or whatever. Not she's actually going out. <laughs> yeah. She, yeah. Everything everything she did to get recognized has been all natural, even though it was a written TV show. Like, like I said, she's not, a, she's not a famous name. They're not like overexposing like, hey, Becky did this. Becky did that. They're not doing that. The things that Becky Lynch has done has just created an impact in the world of wrestling and all around the world people tune in to say, to see Becky Lynch. So yeah. I agree. Like, but, but you still think she is because that, that yes. that's like, my question is like, it, it almost doesn't feel like it's as big right now as it was three weeks ago. It's not cause she's, cause she's not doing anything. And that, that's my concern. I feel she is, is like, big. are they going to let it, yeah. are they going to now let her like, Oh, she's fine now and just let it go as opposed to keep like, keep building it. I, I feel like I almost am worried that they're going to squander it. I think she's still as big. Um, I, the reaction for a promo wasn't really that big, and that could just be the crowd. Um, not really having a live crowd in that situation. But I, I don't feel Becky's lost any steam. She's still one of the hottest names, not only out there, but it definitely the WWE. So you're not concerned that she's losing steam? Not yet. Okay. Yeah, and, and at the same time, she's feuding with Asuka, so it's a bit of a different feud. It's not like... It's not like Oscar's big on talking. And remember, two weeks ago she was in a ring with John Cena, and granted we didn't really, yeah. And she, yeah, and she like shined right there. But at the same time, fast forward two weeks later, she's she's in a feud with Oscar, and it, it's it's important because it's for the women's title. But it's not like it's not like nothing with like ooh that was great as as everything she's done for the last. I thought it was a really good months. segment though. Yeah, and you know what I'll say? Like, I've had that worry for a couple weeks, but now that I think about it, when she was walking backstage and, like, right before she did her quick little interview, the crowd was chanting Becky Lynch. So it's not mm-hmm. like she's she's getting, like, silence from the crowd. It, it, it just felt like for those few weeks she was all over social media, and I feel like it has kind of slowed down a little bit, but I guess nothing can be at 100% all the time. Um my sex life. No, true. That's at 200% all the time. <laughs> um, the Women's Tag Team Championships. One, are you guys both excited? Two, do you guys like the way the belts look? And three, did they announce how and when they're going to be determined? Yeah. So how and when are they going to be determined? Uh, three teams from Raw, three teams from SmackDown. They're going to compete in, elim- in, elimination, in elimina- inside Elimination Chamber. Is that... And that's at the Elimination Chamber. Yes. yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's when? Feb- January? February? February. So we have, like, some time to build towards this, too. Yeah, and you're going to get the three relevant SmackDown teams, three relevant Raw teams to become more clear, I would say, over the course of the next six to eight weeks. Okay. Uh, do you like how the belts look, Joseph? I don't. I thought they were pretty cool. I thought they were pretty cool. It was kind of Power Rangerish, which isn't a bad thing. Um, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. That's kind of the first feeling I got when I saw them, but I thought they were cool with the white ones. And, Have you um, pre-ordered them yet, Ayla? No. <laughs> My only question here is, uh, I guess we're only going to have one 
um, tag team set of tag team championships for both brands? Are they right. going to be like cross? I assume it'll be one. cross promotional. They're, not, they're going to cross. They're going to be cross promotional. Is it going to be like the hardcore title where like it could go from show to show? It could be anywhere yeah. at any time. Yeah. Um. Alo, do you like the belts? And are you excited that they have them? Yeah, I, I, like, I like the belts. I don't have a problem with them at all. I'm glad they have them, but you'll get you're going to get this complaint. You're going to see this complaint all the time on social media with the title. Like the women, the women are. It's a women's division, and so if you're not going for the women's title, then you're, I guess you'll be you'll be just paired up with a, another woman and go after the tag titles. And you know what I'm saying? It's like. You, you, like that, like the women that are afterthoughts, those women probably be in tag teams, and then the women that you uh, can, can see actually vying for the title, they'll be going for the women. Not title. a lot yeah. of organic tag teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so like, the iconics. Yeah, it's like iconics, Boston Hog, uh, Riot Squad, and, uh, Tamina, and, they, and Nia Jax will probably be in it. But like, they'll create teams through time and stuff, and you'll see. I'm sure you'll probably see Trish and Lita pop up. Uh, the bells will probably come back and challenge for it, but like it's just since, since the women are their own division, it's a little bit different. Like if you're not buying for the main title, you're buying for the tag titles. So it's, it's, it's a bit it's a bit strange. You'll get the complaint, but I don't got a problem with it at all. No. Do you agree with Joey's uh, Power Rangers take on the look of the belts? I didn't think about that until he said it. <laughs> and now and do then, you see it? Yes, and then it's funny <laughs> that you said White Ranger because Mike Rome. <laughs> actually posted a generic a picture. white guy micro yes <laughs> yeah he actually posted a picture of a, a pvc white ranger bust that <laughs> i want but super expensive now was the white ranger like the, he was the evolution of the green ranger right yes. yes who was your favorite yes who wanted to fight cm punk at one time yes <laughs> what's his name Oh, Jason Davis Frank. That's right. I knew it was a three name. I could not remember yeah, what it was. Who's actually <laughs> making his wrestling debut this year? Wrestling, really? Yeah. Where is where at? Uh, some promotion in Texas. Uh, I actually emailed him to come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a dual win for you. I know. Oh, dude. I that might it might have to retire the show after that. <laughs> I don't know if it would ever get better than you interviewing the Green Ranger. Be the high mark. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah, know if so we can ever be the high water mark or jump the shark. Yeah, I, no, I think I just think that'd be it's all downhill from there. <laughs> For me, yeah, like, interviewing right. his childhood hero, the Green Ranger. He's still my hero, but uh, <laughs> his it, lifelong it, hero, the Green Ranger. That's a fact. Ex Mama Halo, but uh, yeah, he's rest, he's making a he's uh, wrestling in LWA because he actually made an appearance. He got he got involved in a matchup. I forgot exactly who he's facing, but it doesn't matter. He's some bum in is more. We'll take care of that. <laughs> Okay, well, it's inter- interesting career news on uh, on the Green Ranger. Yeah. Um, so Finn Balor replacing uh, Braun Strowman in a match against Brock Lesnar. Now, before we get too deep into it, why mm-hmm. why is that? I know for for the sake of the storyline, why that happened, but why is Braun out? Is it lack lack of popularity? Still injured? I, I'm 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 guessing he's not cleared. He's still not cleared. So physically unable to compete. He's on the I'm pup guess, list. I'm, ge- I'm guessing. But I got to say, I, I loved when it came out from commercial break and he tried to put the door back on after he broke it. Who did that? Brock Roman. Oh. He um, destroyed uh, – he was chasing 
uh, Baron Corbin, and he ended up chasing him down to Vince McMahon's limo. So he put a little hurting on the limo, <laughs> and he ripped the door off, and then Vince came, making that dumb Vince look on his face like... <laughs> so there's a segment of, like, Braun trying to put it back together. Yeah, after he ripped it off the hinges. <laughs> trying to put it back... He ripped it off the hinges. He he's, like, trying to put it back, back down. He's like... <laughs> So I didn't see that, but I did see John Cena basically knighting Finn Balor. Is there anyone in the world wrestling, in world wrestling entertainment that John Cena will not put over at this point? (laughs) They still made him look too strong. (laughs) But I got to say, I got to say this. From the shovel to the forklift? Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, but uh, I got to say that I'm sure you probably didn't watch this, but... The story at the town with Balor is pretty. Is I think I really enjoyed it on Monday night because yeah, it was fun. Yeah, Cena came out and and quoted his his ruthless aggression promo. Uh, then Galloway came out, and then Corbin came out, and then Balor comes out. And uh, when Balor comes in the ring, Vince kind of starts chuckling and says, "There's a, there's a lot of meat in this ring, or or, or is it beef, Joe? Something like that." I think he said beef. Yeah, there's a lot of beef in this ring, and it's, and it's like. He's underplaying Finn Balor, and Finn, and when Finn says, "You didn't believe me, believe it, you never believed in me, Vince," stuff like that, that that's hitting on truth because you always heard about how he doesn't trust Finn because he got hurt that one time when he put the Universal title on him. When I was injured at SummerSlam, SummerSlam, <laughs> and uh, he's not over and stuff and stuff. So like a lot of truth, a lot of truth to that, and then the fact that Finn had to go through a journey. With Jinder Mahal, Jinder, I thought he killed it backstage. I don't know if you see <laughs> I that. Didn't, no, I didn't he even know he did a backstage, backstage segment. <laughs> so he stopped Vince backstage and said, "Hey Vince, I wanted to get out there, but I had to attend to the Singh brothers after they were destroyed by Braun Strowman, <laughs> and I I want to be out there to be in the fatal four way, and I can be in the fatal four way, and I can I can give the fans what they want." That they never got the ma- the match they never got. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Whoever wrote that, I give them a pass for whatever other crap they wrote. Yeah, and he sold it like a champ too. He, he really champ. did. Yeah, for like a former <laughs> champ. He sold it perfectly, and like Finn Balor, he said Finn Balor beating Cena. I thought it was great. I thought Raw as a whole was actually really good. I'm not even gonna like throw a bunch of shade at it. Raw was actually pretty good this week. The ratings were, I think, I, I believe it was a 2.72 was the rating. I, I thought Raw was pretty good as a whole. That Fatal 4 was 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 uh, was excellent. And I'm sure we'll get to this later, but even the triple threat for the IC title was excellent. <laughs> yeah. Um, so are you guys then excited for Finn versus Brock? Or no, because you know how it's going to end already. I actually don't. Um I don't know. I mean, I'm excited for it, but I don't know how it's going to end because, I mean, normal circumstances, you say Finn can't beat or get over on Brock. Um, walking into this, it kind of set up the same scenario where stack is the deck is stacked against Finn. How is he going to win against Jinder, thrown into an extra match? And then how is he going to win the Fatal 4-Way, even though Vince doesn't want him there? And he yet overcomes it all, setting him up for, for a big match. So you kind of kind of normal WWE circumstances, you say there's no way, but I, I'm looking at it like there is a way. So you're telling me there's a chance. I'm telling you there's a chance. <laughs> Especially when we want to get the title off someone who's not on TV. <laughs> Alo, what do you think? Now, I'm torn between this because of what WWE actually is and 
Actually, there, 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 actually, there was a tweet that I think Eric sent it to me. It said, uh, if it, it said it, it added it was at Finn Balor. If you don't come out, if you don't show up as a demon, don't pull up. To you think we're gonna get the great pumpkin? I <laughs> see. This, this is what I'm thinking. If they want to quote unquote talk about this new era and things like that, things like that, and you have to assume that the demon is coming. Because it wouldn't make any sense for the demon to face the beast. That that makes the most sense to me, and I'm sure like you'll get an interaction between him and Paul Heyman next week. So I'm up in the air because granted, you're actually in the bed. We, <laughs> granted, we can granted Finn, Finn Balor can actually have a match with Rock Lesnar. We saw Daniel Bryan do it, and that and that match was pretty good. Yeah, it's gonna be now, contrasting styles. Yeah, now. How far Vince will let it go, that's a different story. But I think we get the demon at Royal Rumble. And if they want to, quote, unquote, make a new era and be surprising, I would love for Finn Balor. Yeah, there's no better way. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited if there's an opportunity for this not to be just more of the same old thing. Um and that's what my concern is, is that it's just going to be more of the same old thing. It would be cool to see the demon. I mean, how long has it been since we saw the demon? Um, SummerSlam. Oh, SummerSlam. SummerSlam. <laughs> last time. Uh, and I remember, like, months ago, maybe even, it might have been even over a year ago, um, when Paul Heyman had that really good back and forth with Finn Balor. Was that... That wasn't before Great Balls of Fire, was it? You mean Joe? No, 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 no. no. Basically, Paul Heyman was saying he was he was more worried for Brock Lesnar to face Finn Balor. Oh yes, I I remember. I remember. Do you remember what that was for? Uh, Yeah, that was before Extreme Rules when it was the Fatal Five way to see who's going to face Brock at Great Balls of Fire. Okay, I knew it was a match with a bunch of guys. That's why I, I didn't think it was Great Balls of Fire. Yeah, so. So there's like a little bit of groundwork has been laid for that already, and I like I remember actually really enjoying that segment. So th- there's a chance that this could be good. There's a chance maybe this could be entertaining, uh, but I, I don't know. And maybe I'll go back. Maybe I'll make it a point to actually watch some of that stuff to to see to give myself like an Rack actual a little bit and give yourself a little more short footing. Give myself a, re- a reason to have a feeling one way or the other about it. Um, the Miz and Shane. This is one of very few things uh, that I feel like I may be missing out on. Like, there's not much that I come across on social media that I'm like, oh, I, maybe I, I should have watched that. Almost everything I see, I'm like, ah, who cares, who cares, who cares, who cares. Miz and Shane seems like it is as entertaining as you would expect. Yes. I like, they're calling themselves besties, though, aren't they? Yes. <laughs> so, clearly, Brian Gerard James is now just straight up stealing things from our show. Are they, are they going to start doing? Are they going to start doing the Stephen A. Smith? Yes. On SmackDown soon, dude. I would love. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who to get to do it, but I would love if somebody did that on SmackDown. Like if Corey Graves is like, <laughs> I'm looking at Finn Balor. I'm I'm talking about Samoa Joe. I'm looking at Braun Strowman. Um. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, the type of year they're having in 2019 <laughs> so far. <laughs> uh, if they do the Stephen A, I think we know beyond a shadow of a doubt 
that they are legitimately just stealing from our show because I feel like Besties was stolen from this show. Yeah, and at the same time, I kind I kind of got to I kind of got to outdo the Miz and Shane for Eric's birthday coming up. <laughs> what did he give him? Uh, he got I I I know I, there was a I, video package. Yeah, but the sneakers he gave him, I popped huge for him. He's like, they're not stylish, but they're built for performance. And Jordan 33s. They're built for performance. Oh, my God. Yeah, and then I saw the uh, the highlight video that The Miz put together. And, like, even just the segment on the Christmas episode with Miz wearing the red jacket when Shane finally agreed to try to be his tag team partner. Is there a tag team championship in the future for these two? I hope so. I think it'll be a lot of fun. And the fact that Shane's actually selling this about how how he always wanted to be a tag team champion growing up, I, I think this is like really fun. <laughs> and if I and if I put a compilation video together, Eric, he'll have a beer in his hand the entire time. So I was gonna say that'd be the whole the whole video. The yes. Same picture, Eric. Different shoes and a different can of beer. Yep. Same pose. And you could take some of his still pictures, like from Instagram, like showing you the the candies, <laughs> drinking or the bottle, or sometimes like just sitting on a coaster. Yeah, <laughs> I look forward to seeing this video package for X birthday right around the corner. Yes, <laughs> uh, Joseph, do you think these two are going to be tag team champs, and do you want them to be? I think it's entertaining and fun. Um, I would wouldn't mind seeing them because, like I said, it would be more time. Anything Miz does is good, and it'd be ample way to use this team. But I don't think they're gonna. Just my opinion. And would you guys both say this is something that I'm missing out on? Yes, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> All right. So this is another thing. I'll make it a point to, to watch some stuff. The only thing I watched from them on YouTube was the highlight video. So I'll watch the rest. I mean, all around overall this week for me, it was two solid shows. Yeah, it um, was really good. Uh, by the way, um, um, Rey Mysterio and Andrade now. <laughs> that was really good. That was probably but, uh, the match, best match I saw yeah. in the two shows, in my opinion. Yeah, and then uh, also uh, the, the fact that uh, Shane made a match between Miz and Sheamus – and the Miz was like, "Well, Shane, I, I'm I'm in a suit." And, <laughs> and Shane says, "It doesn't matter when you're one half of be- the best in the world. Mm. I died." Well, we've seen the Miz wrestle in a suit before, <laughs> and if memory serves me correctly, he split his pants in that match. <laughs> what was that? I don't remember. It was a while ago. Okay. Um, it may have been something with Braun Strowman. Maybe it wasn't even a match. Maybe he just got attacked. Um. So the last thing I have in my notes is Bob winning the Intercontinental Championship. And I remember two summers ago theorizing that Jinder Mahal was going to be the, the last WWE champion. Um, I almost feel like Bob winning the Intercontinental Championship means that we should retire the Intercontinental Championship. <laughs> Am I too harsh in that assessment? I think you're harsh. I think you're a little uh, too harsh. I think you are, but the one reason I actually have uh, hope for this is because, one, I love Leo Rush's um, inter- involvement in this match. I thought it was really entertaining. And the, the spear that Lashley did to win the match, I thought Ambrose sold the hell out of it. And just when the match was over, just a still shot of Leo Rush holding the IC title. Mm-hmm. See, to me, to, to me, Leo Rush is the IC champion. So this is this is Leo Rush. They're basically, yes. it's almost like Avatar. 
And Bobby Lash- Bob Lashley is Leo Rush's avatar. Yeah. So, li- so, so it's uh, like Jumanji. <laughs> yeah. So Leo Rush is the IC champion in my opinion. But I enjoyed that. I enjoyed his involvement a lot in that match. And so, like I said, I thought the match was a really good match. And and I, I'm not mad the belts on Bob at this point because Dean Ambrose. This wasn't going anywhere. It really wasn't at all. It, it, this was the, a, a huge flop. The match at TLC was a huge disappointment. The feud with Seth was a huge disappointment. It wasn't going anywhere at all. Like they had him getting a, a tetanus shot in his butt, a four flu shot, or whatever. He's but t- he's taking his uh, clothing attire from Bane. Yeah, and like he, <laughs> he has his music is terrible. Like this, this wasn't going anywhere. So the change to Bob, I'm not mad at about it at all. Yeah, it was a really good match. Um, I don't know how I feel about Bob being the IC champion, but it's kind of like prove it now. You're there. You have it. You have the tension. Prove it. Put do you agree with Alo that this is like Jumanji and Bob Lashley is just Leo Rush's character in Jumanji? <laughs> yes. It, it's an interesting, interesting way of looking at it. <laughs> um, have you seen Leo Rush's like stream stuff that he's been doing? I don't want. I glance at it from time to time, but I know a lot of times he like cuts promos on people while eating cereal. So yeah, he's just doing like a live stream. I just see like little clips on Twitter, and yeah, he just just people like get on with him and he just like roasts them. He hangs up on him and roasts them about whatever. This dude is really talented. He's like really smart. He's really creative, and I'm happy that even though like Bob is one of the things that makes me not even want to watch. I like that Leo Rush is being put in a position where he's on TV doing stuff that's entertaining every week. I really hope that they give this guy a real chance to be something in this company because, like, we could have even told you just from the interview we did with him, what, two years ago almost, Mm -hmm. that he is a sports entertainer. And I'm glad that he's getting a chance to do some of what he's really good at. But, yeah, anytime you come across a clip of Leo Rush doing a live stream on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, do yourself a favor and click on it because it is funny every single time. Like, he's just roasting these random people and hanging up on them, basically. Um, That's everything I had, notes-wise. So is there anything else worth mentioning? And also, did you see that – I don't know if this is true or not. The rumor is that uh, the Revival have asked for their release. Yeah, I, I saw that today. Do you think that's true? Yeah, uh, I believe it. I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I, I don't. I don't. Were they on Raw, Joey? I don't remember seeing them on Raw unless I missed something. Yeah, they were. Oh, uh, were? Did they do anything? Yeah, didn't they come out to the um, what you call it house party again? Lucha house no, party. I'm asking because I don't recall seeing them. Yeah, Maybe I missed it. They came out to the Lucha house party again. I, I kind of wasn't tuned out to the match. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, because like. Because the story, like what they were doing with them, was they kept getting gypped in the attaching title opportunities in the last two weeks. So like they didn't, they lost, but they technically they didn't lose. They had a, they had an out for it. So when that happens, they usually that happen. When that happens, that usually means they'll actually get the titles eventually. But I'm not shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if they did actually release because it, after the, after whenever they do get a release, their 90 day probate, the, the 90 day thing will be over, and then something's happening May 25th. <laughs> Double or nothing, and the young bucks have said we will wrestle the revival. So usually, there's like a 90 day no compete clause, so yeah, they yeah. have a month so, to get released. Yeah. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> so they, they got to May 25th, and if no one WWE, they'll <clears> wait till <throat> they'll wait till uh, February 26th. Yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. It'll be day 89. Yes. <laughs> you wanted your release, you got it. Uh-huh. On this day, because then they'll, they'll go right to uh, AEW and wrestle at double nothing to face the Bucks. I wouldn't be shocked at all. But WWE, I think they're going to prevent that at all costs. I, I agree as well. Um, yeah, and, and actually, speaking of that, uh, just scrolling through my phone, I see that uh, Mike Canales and Maria have also actually their release. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I'm not surprised that. by that. That was short lived. Yeah, because Maria was uh, got pregnant. And Mike was and Mike Canell was he was on house shows and that that was about it. And then they put him on two oh five live. Then when Maria got back, that's when he got some 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 stuff actually going. But it, but this, his success was more predicated on her. Right. Hence the reason why he took her last name. Yes. <laughs> uh, did anything else happen on either show that is worth Discussing. I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of mm-hmm. say low. Uh, I, I know you didn't watch it at all, but uh, kind of different ways they worked than some of the new faces in was interesting. Yes. Uh, uh, Henry Machinery with the New Day was great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Otis uh, drooling over the women's tag titles, thinking of <laughs> I thought it was fun. Um, EC3 just backstage. Yeah, I, I can't random, wait for la- Randomly flexing. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't wait for laughs, comments about him. <laughs> um and uh, Lacey Evans backstage drinking iced tea like a lady. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Watching the women's like a soccer mom who wants to speak to your manager. Yes, <laughs> and uh, that, that was about it. I think we covered actually. Well, the, uh, what's, her, what's, what's her face in the triple threat match? Um, Nikki Cross. Nikki Cross, Nikki Cross kind of featured her unique style. I think she's going to be she. She could be really good on the main roster. I don't yeah. know if she will be. I mean, if she's not, it won't be any fault of hers. But I think there's a lot of potential for her because she does have such a good, interesting, unique character. She and she does. can actually wrestle. And you could have an interesting tag team with, like, Nikki Cross and someone who's completely opposite, like an Ebony and Ivory kind of situation. Yeah, I mean, I, there's a lot of stuff that they could do like with Nikki her. Nikki Cross and Lacey Evans. Yeah, Lacey Evans. Actually, that is that would be a good... Uh, that's, like, akin to, like... Razor Ramon and Goldust back in the day, yeah. like the two be entertaining plus they're two the super effeminate, very uh, androgynous Goldust and <laughs> machismo Razor Ramon. I think <laughs> it, it, you you would get like a good a good opposites type of story there. Um, so if that's everything from the two main shows, uh, <clears throat> do we want to discuss the Pashes Indie Inquiry? Yes. So. Uh, Alo, first you can introduce what the match was for this week. All right, so this week on Pashas Indie Inquiry, we're going back to that hot indie ring of honor <laughs> from last month's final battle pay per view Jonathan Gresham versus Von, Ron's favorite wrestler, Zach Sabre. <laughs> Zach Sabre. Um, so, unfortunately, I accidentally locked myself out this evening of the uh, Honor Club account, so I didn't get to watch. The exact match I did find on Daily Motion a Jonathan Gresham Zack Sabre Jr. match from Beyond Wrestling in 2016. Um, so we can't necessarily talk about the match that was put on the agenda this week. What I will say is, my guess is, whatever match I watch for next week, 
Uh, well, the what is it? Final battle? What? Eighteen. So my guess is the match that I watched this evening will probably be the same match as the one I watch preparing for next week. Uh, I'd assume it's going to be the same basic thing. I assume I'm not going to see anything all that different. I'm just going to sit there and say, wow, did you see the way Zack Sabre Jr. just stepped over his arm and then trapped his arm between (laughs) his legs? Oh, my goodness. Did you see the way Zack Sabre Jr. just, like, turned around and took his back? Did you see the bridge that Zack Sabre Jr. just did? Alicia Fox does a better bridge than Zack Sabre Jr., this guy is the most overrated pro wrestler in the business. And here, I don't know if I want to run through my material. I might as well, because we're not really, unless you want to talk about the match that you did watch. Uh, Ron, you just you reviewed the whole match. <laughs> my feeling is this. Like, Brazilian jiu-jitsu is like a high-level sport. And you don't see Brazilian jiu-jitsu televised, because it's grappling, usually on the ground, a lot of people don't really know what's going on. It's not popular. It's popular within the realm of mixed martial arts as it being part of overall fighting. But, like, if I want to watch grappling, I'd be impressed watching two world-class grapplers try to out-grapple each other. I don't need to see two guys who are, like, one guy's allowing the other guy to do stuff. Like, it, that's not entertaining to me. What? Ron, guess how he won? Roll up. A bridge? <laughs> A bridge yes, with no, suplex? A bridge, a bridge with no hands. <laughs> and that sounds, it sounds almost as good as a short-arm clothesline as a finisher. <laughs> Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah, and I love Jonathan Gresham. I think he is a great wrestler. I think he's entertaining. Uh, at that 17-hour-long Ring of Honor TV taping I went to a few months ago, he had a really entertaining in-ring segment with Bubba Ray Dudley. Um, so I like Jonathan Gresham. I just think Zack Sabre Jr. is the most boring guy that people think is good. I really thought isn't that's, really that I really good. thought Zack Sabre Jr. is where you got your list. You you picked up you absorbed yeah. the junior from his <laughs> and put it on yours. Yeah, an it, honor. It is an homage to, to, to what, the that's most. That's what I always figured. Yeah, so it's really hard to be the most or best. It's hard to be an EST to <laughs> to paraphrase Bianca Belair. Uh, so it's hard to be the best at something or the most of something or the greatest at something. And it is not easy to be the most boring. So Zack Sabre Jr., yes, as a tip of the cap to him being the most boring wrestler I've ever seen, that is why I homaged Zack Sabre Jr. and made myself Ron Cashery Jr. Um, do we have any listener questions? I'm sorry. I, I, I'm just still on the whole thing. How you, just, <laughs> you broke down on one match and it was the same exact match. <laughs> And, and, and he won with the thing that you said that everybody found amazing. <laughs> I love that. Even the announcer's like, oh, do you see that bridge? I'm like, I see a bridge in every women's match I ever watch. Oh, God. So good. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. We have a question from uh, Heel to Face, Kevin Fenty from Instagram. All right. Two questions for you guys. Any thoughts on WWE continuing to have performers shorten their ring names? For example, most recently Andrade. And thoughts on the rumor that the Revival has requested their release from WWE? Okay, so... I kind of covered the second one. So, yeah, the, the first thing is... I actually was thinking about this earlier today. Is, like, back in the day, you had guys going by, like, Macho Man. Like, or... 
like Jake the Snake Roberts. It was it was always kind of like a gimmick name, and now it seems like a lot of them have just like a name, like a first and last name. Um, so I guess it's just easier for the announcers to say. I know even sometimes when we're talking about Andrade Cien Almas, I don't know whether to call him Andrade. I don't know whether to call him Almas. I don't know whether to call him Cien. So for me, it makes it a little easier to just identify the person. And see, what I worry is, like, does it take something away from that character's identity to shorten their name? Like, it was Alexander Rusev originally, right? Yeah, but I hate Antonio Cesaro. I guess the thing is, is... What's weird about it to me is they don't really want to have gimmicks anymore, but that almost comes into a gimmick. Like, I don't look at Cesaro like a name. I look at that as almost like it's like a gimmick name. Uh, Rusev, same thing. I don't know. Who else has it happened to other than those three guys? Uh, Remember that took Apollo Crews name for like two weeks? Oh, yeah, and it just became Apollo Elias. Yeah, yeah, Elias. uh yeah, but after a while, you know, it, it kind of sticks. Uh, Alexander Rusev, for example, I hated that. I didn't think that was that was a good name at all. So Rusev works fine. Um, uh, Elias, I've, I've grown to like it. Um, like after a while, you forget about it. But Andrade's been see Andrade seeing Almas for almost a year on the main roster now. So I look at it from a standpoint of marketability. Um, I think it's easier when it's that one. Shining name makes you more marketable, makes you more palatable than trying to just word jumble seven different syllables. <laughs> yeah, so Kevin, I guess the way I look at it is there's part of me that's like, does it strip something away from like the identity of the performer? But it is easier to say, like, if you think about, you know, somebody is a star when you can say one name and you know who it is. Like, if you're talking about, like, <clears throat> excuse me, like Madonna. Or Beyonce, or like even people who technically have had two names. Like when Randall Cunningham was a huge star in the NFL, everybody knew who Randall was. He wasn't the only Randall in sports, but if you yeah. said Randall, you knew who it was. Uh, trying to think of who else is like that. I mean, to your point, I don't think it affects the character. I mean, they, they do debut him as this guy, this is who they are, and. Over time, they kind of evolved it, like the way Triple H evolved from Hunter Harselmsley to Triple H. Um, still the same overall person, solely the same overall name. It's just more marketable, and it evolves that way. Yeah, as far as it's, it's, it's a good branding technique. So I do think it, it, it makes it, it simplifies it. it. It tells you a little bit of how little they think of our intelligence, that we can't keep track of somebody's full name. But the, one of the big benefits is... Like it's less thing, it's less words that like Michael Cole or Phillips have to Mess say. Up. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think it's fine only because yeah, it becomes like synonymous with that person anyway. Like the Elias thing, I some not that you forget his name was Elias Samson, but like it just doesn't really matter that it's not there. I guess the thing with Andrade Cien Almas is it's like that Cien is like a part of his identity that he's losing, but I don't know. I, I do think it. I think it benefits him. And as far as the revival leaving, I know we already discussed it, but the only thing I'll add to that, and you guys can both add to it as well, I think it would be great for them, and I think it would be great for the outside of WWE product because they're two high-level guys that have been on TV for how long with WWE. We saw how great they were in NXT. Imagine them getting to go out there and do what they did in NXT 
with a bunch of new tag teams to go up against. So I think, while I don't know if it's going to happen, and I definitely think it won't happen in time for them to be a double or nothing, I do think that that will be very beneficial to them and the industry to see them leave WWE. Yeah. I mean, they haven't been used in the correct form. I mean, some of it's due to injury, some of it's just due to the nature of of the beast, but Mm -hmm. they haven't been used to their full potential. Yeah. Halo? Yeah, I agree. They said they're not gonna be they're not gonna be released before um they're not gonna be released in time to be a double or nothing. No way. WWE isn't dumb. They know they know what the FTR thing was all about. They're not silly. <laughs> Alright, now we have a question from co host of the show, Josh Prep Igina. Okay. Well done. Of all the possibilities with AEW, what possible match are you most excited about? So this one may be a cheat only because I heard him mention it on his podcast earlier today. Uh, Jericho and Hangman Page. Because Jericho seemed legitimately excited at the prospect of working with him. He said like how he thinks he's going to be a huge star. And I think obviously we've talked at length on this show about how integral Jericho was to AJ Styles' transition into WWE. I think he's a guy who could help really elevate Hangman Page to become like a more well-known name. So, and he's a guy that I think has a lot of promise. And I think is is entertaining and interesting, and I, I would love to see Jericho against Hangman Page. Anything you have in mind, Joseph? Well, I'm gonna go a little outside the box, and because I've just seen it pop up um, a couple sites just trolling around, <clears throat> Jericho CM Punk, just to see CM Punk back in the wrestling ring. I mean, that would be awesome. That would be a bigger match than anything WWE would do. It would be a grabber. That would be great if they they ever got that. Yeah. uh, Mine is already happening at Double Double or Nothing, and that's Hangman Page and Pac. That would be great, too. Uh, Yeah, Jericho mentioned Pac, and then the first thing that came to mind was, like, I I just remembered that he broke his leg in a match with Jericho, (laughs) which I had totally forgotten about. But that would be did, an awesome match too. Did you hear about the uh, the contracts that WWE offered the elite? No, the only thing I know about contracts is Jericho said the offer he got from AEW was the biggest offer he's ever gotten in his career. Yeah, I saw that, but I'm talking about the, the offer WWE made to Hangman Cody and the Bucks. No, no, that's the only, literally the only thing I've heard about right. any offers. So, reportedly, they offer Hangman main roster money. To work in NXT in a massive push. And to Cody and the Bucks, they offered them ridiculous amount of money. The, the, the number wasn't disclosed. And a six-month opt-out if they weren't happy. And they said no anyway. Yes. Good for them. Because that would be an easy thing to say yes to. Yeah, especially with the opt-out thing. Huh. Yeah, like, why would Hangman want to go to NXT? But make main roster money. Like, he would be like the face of NXT, but make main roster money and be pushed. And they gave Cody and the Bucks six month opt out clauses if they weren't happy. To me, that tells you that WWE is concerned about mm-hmm. Hangman. Yeah. As, as they should be. Like, I think. 
so in our current like culture or our society, I think we speak a lot in like very like a lot of hyperbole. Like this is the biggest thing that's happening. This is the most important this. This is the most important that. And I think we have all gotten wrapped up in the idea that nobody could ever compete with WWE. And the closer this gets, the more I think this is more of a real threat to them and more competition to them than any of us gave it credit for the last few years when we've discussed it. Yeah, and they were going to be able to keep being the elite. I'm not sure if it was going to be on WWE's YouTube or it was going to be air on the network. So basically, WWE was trying to say, here's the biggest thing happening away from us. We want to buy that, too. Yep. I'm glad they didn't do it. If you remember, I was adamant months ago, like, please don't do it. Please yep. keep doing your own thing. I'm happy that they did. I uh, And how amazing is that, though, that Jericho's been in, in, around for how long? He's been a big star for how long, and he just got offered the most amount of money he's ever been offered. Yep. That's amazing to me. Um, were there any other questions? He doesn't even need it, though, because, I mean, Foz's he's having success. <laughs> Yeah. That hot band Fozzie. And the other thing he mentioned. radio play a lot. The other thing he mentioned, which I forgot to talk about at the top of the show, he said how he was getting called out a lot for saying, I won't work anywhere in the United States unless it's for Vince McMahon. And he said, when I said that, I meant it. He said, but you know, as with everything, things change. And that's when he brought up the whole thing about like Vince saying, I need you for this and it not working out. And then saying, oh, I need you for this and it doesn't work out. And he just decided, like, he even said he considered going to Impact. Yeah, I, that was a report for a long time. Um, but he said through getting to know Tony Khan and, like, getting to know these guys, he decided, like, this is just what I want to do. So another tip of the cat for Chris Jericho for saying, I'm 48 years old. I want to still be able to do things the way I want to do them. I want to be able to challenge myself and – be creative and try new things, and I, I'm excited for him to get to do that. Uh, did you say we don't have any more questions? Well, we have a promo. Okay. Oh, that's right. Okay. Now, now should I do this in promo voice when it gets intense? Yes. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Since the beginning of time, it was written. It was written in stone that a man would come, and now that a man has come, he's about to come again. In your ear pussies, the one and only, <laughs> the nightmare of mechanics alley, Mr. <laughs> 610 himself, Raul, aka Poppy Hustle. <laughs> I accept your challenge for the belt, put the gun you. And on January 27th, during the Royal Rumble, I'm going to put you through a table the same way I put X25 through a table because I am the cream. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the cream of what? I didn't hear over my own after. The crop. Uh, Raul? Uh, bravo for that. Well, he has heat with you, by the way. For what? Because he loves Randy Orton. <laughs> well, that's fine. He could have heat, heat with me over Randall. <laughs> he's gonna the come fake your, Randall. He's going to come in your ear. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, Randy Orton sucks. Raul, I like you a lot. I hate Randy Orton, though. <laughs> Randall. Randall, yes. Um, not as boring as Zack Sabre Jr., but still not a guy I like. You know um, the best part? What? Since your whole, Rand- <laughs> your whole Randall um, stance, I don't think I've watched a whole Randy Orton match since. Because <laughs> <laughs> what's there to watch? 
I, I tried this, but I'm like, when was the last time I should watch a Randy Orton match? I, I can't only, remember. The only thing he does that's worth watching is uh, RKO. <laughs> and we've been way. seeing that for how many for how many years? Um, so I, I guess is that the show? I, I don't have anything else. Yeah, that's, that's it. it. All right, Wrap so it up tight. huh? Wrap it up tight. Yeah, so I'll just say Joel Embiid. You're always welcome to come and trust the process with Matt Madness. LeBron James, you're always welcome to come and sit on the throne with Matt Madness. Uh, check out The Perfect Edge. Check out Falls Count Anywhere. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave a five-star rating and review. Check out the brand-new show, MMA show hosted by Josh Prepagina, your boy Elroy. Uh, the first episode is available. The second episode, I believe, will be available on Friday. Uh, Alo, would you like to move some merch? What a maneuver.net to embrace the madness. All right. So for Mr. Sexy Punta Cana, then now forever, All Systems Joe, C. Kane Joe Rottermill. Yeah, your voice is in my head. <laughs> for Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo. Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery Jr. And we will see you. And we will see you next week. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. This is Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the mystery man, it ain't shake the land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.